Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas, Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. So today we've got a really awesome show for you. uh, Christian mystic Summer Bacon who, when she was 11 months old, had her first awareness of herself as a spiritual being and consciously decided, I'm going to find out what this truth thing is about once and for all. She's worked in television and recording studios and first began channeling in 1994 as the culmination of years of seeking Dr. Peebles with her heart. She had originally met Dr. Peebles through transmedium Thomas Jacobson, and for three years, Dr. Peebles put Summer through rigorous channeling sessions in which she channeled departed loved ones and many others. And then in 1997, Dr. Peebles said that her training was over and that she would be channeling him exclusively. She didn't do this work professionally with Dr. Peebles until 1998. Today, Summer is recognized as one of the clearest, most authentic transmediums of our time. She lives and works in Arizona and channels for hundreds of people each month at special events, group sessions, private sessions, and workshops. And so without any further ado, let's call Summer and talk with her. I've got lots of questions. Okay. So strange to dial a phone using your computer. But Good morning, Lois. Good morning, Summer. I'm so happy to talk to you. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you know, first of all, I'd like you to explain who Dr. Peebles is. Um, Dr. Peebles is Dr. James Martin Peebles, and he was uh, born in 1822, and he died in 1922. He was just shy of his birthday, about four days or something like that. And um, he was a writer uh, and mystic. He was a spiritualist minister. He was a naturopath, and he became a medical doctor late in life around the age of 60, and he traveled the world, I think it was five times. Um, he traveled all over the place. He was also the United States consulate to Turkey. And wow. he uh, lived in California, in Southern California, and I believe he died in Los Angeles. And there were over 100,000 people at his memorial service. So he's really somebody who should be in our history books, but we never see that in the history books. It's really amazing. But You'll quite an know extraordinary what? I don't man. think Edgar Casey's in there either. But they yeah, that's be. true too. <laughs> Both of them. But yeah, yeah, like maybe someday. <laughs> he sounds yeah, like he was he's up there on a par with Casey. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, they're actually good friends. Um, they they have uh, come through. Both of them have actually spoken through me, and I did not even know who Edgar Casey was when I started channeling Doctor Peebles. 
And in the very beginning, uh, when I started channeling him, at that time I was married, and my husband said he wanted to speak to Edgar Casey, and I had no idea who this was, believe it or not. <laughs> and oh, I, I, I allowed Edgar Casey to come through, and I'm telling you, it was so painful because he was, I just have to say his head was really big is the way it felt to me physically when oh. he came through. And he started to talk about some things that would be happening in the future, um, such as uh, hands-on healers going into hospitals and being present during operations and other things. And I've actually heard of cases of this since then. He also talked about the virtues of um, regular generic aspirin. (laughs) And after that, they're talking about aspirin for the heart and all these things were showing up in the newspaper about how aspirin has all these really wonderful qualities if it's used in the right amounts. And Hmm. so Edgar Cayce was amazing to me because I knew nothing about him and he also confirmed a lot of details about his life that my husband knew, but I didn't know. And um, so that was a lot of confirmation for me that what I was doing was real and I wasn't totally crazy or something. <laughs> right. And I think it's awesome how our guides will do things like set us up to get confirmation by not telling us who somebody is. Oh, absolutely. And then having, when we find out who that person is, this has happened to me too, then we find out when that when we find out who that person is, then they've got all this wealth of information that confirms all kinds of things that we've gotten. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and it, it is a uh, a slow process in some ways because they prepare you in advance for your next step as a mystic. And it mm-hmm. really uh, sometimes gets confusing. You don't know what's happening. Why is this, why is this happening now to me? And uh, as you're being set up for the next phase, so it's quite yeah. an interesting process. But I, I, you know, had the incredible experience in the first three years of my channeling work of um, channeling pretty much anybody and everybody. So I, I channeled dearly departed loved ones, and sometimes I, I tease that it, it, some of them were not dearly departed. Some of them <laughs> people didn't want to talk to. They, you know, I'm glad mom's not here anymore. That sort of thing. Yeah. But um, but there was a lot of uh, confirmation through that because I did full body channeling, which means that the spirit would come through and use my voice to speak to their family members. And when the spirit would come through, they came through with the um, uh, the pain that they left with in their life. So if they died of a heart attack, they would come through clutching their chest and saying, "Wow, that was a doozy," you know. Or if they uh, if they died from a drowning. They they would come through me and they'd be gasping for air in the very beginning, and oh. oftentimes, most of the time, I was actually sitting in front of someone channeling for them, and I had never met the person in front of me before, so I had no idea who would be coming through to speak to them, and so talk about confirmation. It was just um, incredible. It really was rather remarkable, and um, you one know, of the most, I think most oh, people are unaware of how much. People who do this sort of work actually do need confirmation. Oh, constantly. You know, I've been doing yeah. it for almost 17 years, and I still love hearing the stories about mm-hmm. things that are happening in people's lives and how accurate the information was because that's one of the scariest parts of this work is uh, you never really know and mm-hmm. until somebody says to you, yeah, that was amazing, that was accurate, or it's changed my life. And that's the stuff that really I feed off of to continue in the work because it's not for the faint of heart. It's not easy to do this work. It's not as if, oh, I'm just going to run out and just let spirits jump into my body, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's just going to be an easy day. It's, it's really not. It, it does take a physical toll, and uh, it's emotionally um, a very hard work because, you know, you're always aware that somebody's life is in your hands when you're channeling and and so it's very important that the information comes through very accurately right exactly and most people don't know that when you're doing like psychic or intuitive healing or channeling that it takes actual physical energy it doesn't look like it would because you're just sitting there but it takes actual physical energy and there's just a limit to how much you can do in one day without getting sick that's how come uh, edgar casey died so young he wouldn't yeah absolutely and you know, he did too many channels. Yeah, what I explain to people is that my body is like a low-voltage wire, 
and the energy of spirit is like high voltage going through it. And so when you're in trance, even, you know, frankly, even even just doing psychic work on a very small level, I mean, not really going into a deep trance, not even really working hard at accessing the information, it does take a toll on your physical body. I, I heard this from a friend of mine, Tom Dongo, uh, who told me that it depletes the body of magnesium. And that really? there have been studies on this, even with a bad psychic, it depletes the body of magnesium. Isn't that interesting? And, even a bad psychic. Yeah, even a bad psychic. And he kind of <laughs> he, he told it to me just like that. And I thought, wow, that explained a lot because I used to have heart palpitations after I finished channeling. And so I've been much more conscientious of taking the magnesium in my diet to make sure that I'm making up for what I'm losing in doing this work. But, yeah, when when I go into trance, Dr. Peebles comes through and he says it's but a handprint of who he really is. And he said that um, he he if he were to come through completely as he is, my body would literally explode. It couldn't handle that energy. And I wow. truly believe that. So. Yeah. I'm reminded of, of um, I think it was Moses looking at the burning bush and uh, wanting to see God's face and being told that he would be blinded if he saw it. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> energy is too intense. That's true. That's very We're true. We're too tiny. We're too little. Oh, absolutely. That's really so funny we... you you mentioned Go Moses because that was one of my first um, experiences when I was about to jump off the cliff, so to speak, to do the work publicly, and I had this vision of Moses looking into the fire, and I went, "Oh, I can't do that. It can't be like that." <laughs> so it's sort of funny that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Very apropos. So, <laughs> what was it like the very Do you think you were channeling when you were tiny and you just didn't know it? I definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think my, my parents for, would would confirm that for me. Did you get in trouble for saying things that people wanted to keep secret? No, you know, it's really interesting. I I was so blessed by my parents. I had parents who were extremely open-minded. They understood spiritual things. Uh, we had some wonderful people who came into our home, like our friend Swami Paramponthi, um, and he had told them when I was about four years old that I was a mystic and that I would be doing this work. And so they were aware to watch for certain things, and they told me stories about how I would I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would go through and do these rituals, I guess. And I don't really know exactly what they were, but they they told me, they said, we believe they're from past lives that you're reenacting. Mm. And, yeah. um, you know, if I had had different parents, I very likely could have been locked away for the things that I would talk about. Um, I remember when I was 14 years old, I told my best friend who was spending the night, I said to her, um, I said, isn't it, isn't it neat how you can see air? And she looked at me and said, what? See air? Summer, you can't see air. And she's laughing. And she said, air is clear. And I said, it is? And I had no idea it was. Because air, to me, always has had substance to it. And that's where I see spirit. And that's where I see movement. I see energy. And um, it it has absolute substance to it. It's not just a place of of absence of of things. It's filled with activity. So uh, that was probably... You were seeing the moment. ether, right? You were yeah. seeing the ether, and you thought it was air. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that was air to me because I look around and I see uh, air as being sort of a. It has a kind of a mottled appearance, appearance to it. It's not that I can't see clearly because I have excellent eyesight. I don't have wear glasses. I'm 50 years old, wow. and um, but air definitely, you know, the space around you for me has has substance to it very different and it didn't go over real well with my best friend when i told her that but now we're still friends and she understands so it's interesting how it changed over time but yeah lots and lots of experiences i must say in fact it was that friend um it was her brother-in-law i channeled her brother-in-law for her and her family at one point early on when i started channeling and it really surprised me because I didn't know him very well. His name was George. I didn't know him very well as a child, but he would always look at me when I saw him, 
and he he was piercing into my soul. This is the way it always felt. He was much older than me, and I always stayed away from him. And so when I channeled him, it surprised me when he spoke to his ex-wife, and he said, do you remember when Summer was a little girl, and I told you that if I died before you did, I would come back and speak to you through Summer? And she said, yes. And I said, nobody ever told me that. <laughs> and they knew it, too, because she was the wow. only one who knew. And that, talk about real confirmation there, too, that was, that just blew my mind. How did he know? I don't know, but he was quite a character, as it turns out. Right before I did the channeling of him uh, for his family, I was going to be flying into Denver to, to do this for the whole family, and I lived in uh, Sedona. And I would wake up in the morning, and he started talking to me. He said, and his his, uh, his ex-wife was Linda, and they were very good friends all throughout his life. And he said, you've got to call Linda and tell her, I want my Ouija board, my incense, my gold watch. And he, he listed all these things that he wanted. I had no idea he had these things. You know, I had no idea he was into Ouija boards. So I called her up, and it was so funny because I was blow-drying my hair, and he's telling me this whole list of things. I said, George, not now. I said, I'm busy. I'm blow-drying my hair. It'll frizz if I don't finish. He goes, Summer, if you don't call her now, she'll leave for work. So I hung, you know, I put the, the blow dryer down and I called Linda and I said, Linda, I said, George wanted me to call you. And I said, I've got to finish blow drying my hair. And she said, what does he want? And I said, well, he wants his Ouija board and his gold watch. And <laughs> she said, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so she had all those things there for him. And I found out later that he actually had done things like levitated. He could move things with his mind. I mean, I had no idea. He was a hairdresser. I didn't know he had all this other stuff in him. And so it was really, really fun. He's a trip, too. He's a lot of fun to play with uh, in so spirit. That's, that's how he knew is because it sounds like he, too, was a mystic. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. He was uh, he was an extraordinary guy, and he was one of my first guides in in all of this, in getting me to come out of my shell and do the work publicly. And he helped me originally with my um, psychic readings that I would do for people. Um, he encouraged me in in my work because I was so terrified to do it publicly, and I was also just so shy, you know. And now I stand up in front of groups of a hundred people, and I love it, but. Back then, I couldn't even speak one-on-one to somebody without being extremely shy and and uh, scared to death, you know. And so he was yeah. the one who encouraged me through all of it. But he was fun. He used to give me the answers when I would do my psychic readings. I would say, George, is it yes or no? And he'd hold up a card, and I could see him holding a card that said yes or a card that said no. And then one time he held up yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and I'm coming, come on, George, what is it? Is it yes or no? And he said maybe <laughs> oh <laughs> that was his way of telling me maybe <laughs> but each yeah. spirit has a different way of communicating you know yeah. sometimes they communicate symbolically sometimes they communicate uh, clairaudially where you can hear them speak some of them just like to present themselves to you you know wonderful so you can see them in the room oh yeah and i used to see them a lot more years ago until i finally just said i I can't be seeing everybody. It's just yeah. too confusing. And so I, I really had to make it clear that I, I you know, when when my shop was closed, it was closed, basically. You know, I'm not open for business right now. The phone lines are not open. You, you know, I, I, I don't want to be seeing everybody, you know, all the time because that was getting really kind of tiresome for me yeah. because this was, it was constant. It was like a parade of spirits all the time. And uh, fun, I have to admit it's fun, and I kind of miss that. But at the same time, when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and their dad is standing behind them saying, it's their daddy, please tell them I'm here. You know, I don't want to be in a position where I'm having to deliver the messages all the time. It was because... That's not fair to you. No. (laughs) And Because not... Oh, I'm sorry. not Not only is it exhausting... Uh-huh. But it would color all your relationships, and it would make everybody slightly uncomfortable around you. Oh you know yeah, I mean? I, yeah. And it's either that, either they're going to be uncomfortable, or they're going to flock to you like crazy, wanting yeah. to know what mom's up to today or dad's up to today. Oh. And you know, I've had uh, I've had clients who 
really became very dependent upon speaking to their uh, mom or dad on the other side for every I, I little call decision that, they made in their life. Yeah, I call and, that being addicted. Yeah, yeah, and it got they get it, addicted to readings. Absolutely, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And what I love about Dr. Peebles is that um, I just had a, a friend of mine tell me. She said, you know. Dr. Peebles doesn't necessarily tell you what you want to hear. He tells you what you need to hear. Mm. And for some people, that's not easy um, because a lot of people don't want to have to do the work. And he does put you in a position where you can't hide from yourself. And And the only way to move forward is to do the work. And so people have these incredible breakthroughs in their lives because... He knows exactly what you need for your next step. So somebody might call for a private session and they have a list of questions, 40 questions on a page that they think are very important to them. And in his first opening comments, he'll pretty much address every one of those within two minutes and then he'll get down to business and say so. And he'll bring up an issue in their life that they hadn't even considered as being an issue and suddenly they're having their breakthrough. So spirit sees our lives from such a different perspective than we see. You know, we we, we tend to be so immersed in our daily existence, not realizing that this is not just some random act of of, uh, violence against us or it's not a random act of of, uh, torture. (laughs) A lot of people see life like that, like, oh, no, what am I going to have to face today? And it's really a big setup for us to grow. And there's not one thing that we're doing at any given time where we're not learning something about ourselves or about love or about relationship in the world. And that's that's the the uh, spiritual belief that I have. I completely agree with you. Thanks. I think that's why we're here, is to learn yeah. and grow souls. And I also believe that um, you can't do it outside a body the way you can while you're incarnate in a body. Absolutely, yep. That's yep. And wonderful. That's, that's whole thing was created. Yeah, it's an interesting point because um that you bring up about being out of body because that's what I'm pretty much doing when I'm in trance. And after doing this for 17 years, I realized I really entered into that realm to escape life. Being a trance medium can be kind of an escape. And I'm having a bad day, I'd rather go into trance and get out of here. And so that's an interesting thing because Some days I don't want to have to deal with it here, and so I can easily just go somewhere else. And now, as I I have done this for 17 years, now those two worlds are integrating more, and I find that through my work, I'm much more present in the real world. I'm much more present on Earth with people, much more alive than I've ever felt before. And so it's really taught me a lot. So fascinating work. And so Dr. Peebles gives you pointers from time to time as well, correct? Oh yeah, he uh not like he does with other people, but when he needs to get my attention, he gets my attention. And um it's almost like he turns up the volume on the radio and I can hear him speaking directly to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I talk to him, I don't necessarily hear a direct response from him, but within minutes something will happen in my life that clearly is a response to my my conversation with him. And, I mean, if I really need something to happen, I will say to him, <laughs> like, for example, a couple of months ago, I was absolutely exhausted, and I had a session to do, and I thought, I don't know if I can do it, but I need to I need to go through with it and do it. And I just sort of casually said, Dr. Peebles, I said, if the session doesn't happen today, I'll be fine with that. I said, because I'm just really exhausted and I'll just reschedule this person. Well, this lady who I was supposed to do the session for has never missed a session in five, ten years. And she always calls. I call her. She's there. We've never missed each other, never had any problems with phone lines, nothing. So I called and I didn't get through to her. And so I kept calling and calling, and I didn't get her, and I thought, this is really strange. So I didn't do the session, which is exactly what I needed. I needed that time off. And I found out later that she had a 30-year-old phone that she's had on the same table for 30 years 
that never, ever had any problems, which is why she kept it that long. And that morning, it didn't work. And she turned the phone over to look at it, and she said, and a wire had been pulled out. (laughs) She said it looked like somebody literally pulled the wire out. She said, all I did is stick the wire back in, and it works great. And I thought, wow, thanks, Dr. Peebles. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, it's interesting, the communication and and the relationships that have been developed over the years. You know, one thing that you mentioned about you ask a question and you see something in your life, I've noticed that that's the way spirits talk to me sometimes, too. And it's like they tell me something and then they give me a confirmation from a third party who has no idea what they've told me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do that a lot. There's those little earth angels, too, that show up periodically when you really need them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll just be somebody who walks up to you on the street and says some random thing to you that really, if in, on any other day, would have been very random, but it makes sense in terms of what's just happened in your life. I saw I saw a woman sitting on a bench at the uh, grocery store one day, and I was just so disheartened about my life and really had gone through some tough stuff, and I thought, I don't know, this is just too hard. And this elderly woman sitting on the bench, and I walked past, and she looks at me with this big smile that just went through my whole being. And I looked at her, and I, I thought, oh, that's so sweet, and I'm pushing my cart, and I looked back. I'd taken all of two steps after she smiled at me like that, and I looked back, and I went, Where'd she go? She's not there. And I thought, oh, my gosh. She was just sent. I know it. There's no question about it. She wasn't going to jump up and run out of there because she was not, uh, didn't look like she was capable of doing that. She couldn't have moved that quickly. And um, I know those things happen for sure. They do. And we don't have to know that it's happening. It's just those are the gifts that we are given. Mm-hmm. And we need to pay attention as we yeah. go through our day and, and not just be asleep. Oh my God, I, used, yeah. I used to drive home the same way every day, and there was a homeless guy on one corner between my office and my home who um, was, you know, collecting money, and every so often he would say something, and it would sound, you know, I think perhaps he was schizophrenic or mm-hmm. not, but per, occasionally he would say something that was so deep and so profound and so exactly what I needed to hear yeah. And yet so odd that no one but me would have understood what it was about. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's an interesting point, too, because um, I I have some really serious feelings about schizophrenia. Oh, um, I do, too. I know that there are several different types of schizophrenia. Um, I had a client many years ago who I did not know was schizophrenic. And she would show up periodically at my group sessions and talk to Dr. Peebles. And, you know, from her, from the appearance of her and the way she interacted with people, she was as normal as anybody. But one day I was asked if I could do a private session for her, and she wanted to have a couple of her friends attending and wanted it in person. And she came in, and Dr. Peebles started to address this schizophrenia that she had and mentioned the 40 personalities that she had and all the medications that she was on, I mean, dozens of medications. And he told her what to do, and he said basically that her aura field had gotten way too far from her body, and basically that would be her her being, you know, her soul, wasn't really fully incarnate and was having all these sort of random uh, experiences of past lives and other things that were coming through her. And so he told her to pull the aura closer into the body and to do this meditation every day so she fortunately had a very open-minded therapist psychologist i believe who uh, said that she would help her with this this process and the next thing i know is that i heard that within 10 days she had fully integrated her personalities and she was uh, down to two medications just an anti-anxiety medication and a sleeping aid, and that was it. And that's unheard of because, uh, you know, she had been told she she would take at least nine to ten years of intensive therapy, group therapy, psychiatry, taking medications, etc., before she had a chance of fully integrating. 
So that's pretty cool. And for me, that, that awesome. tells me. Yeah, and, and Dr. Peebles has said some of the, the um, schizophrenics are really a, a few spirits striving to come into one body at one time. So it's a collection of spirits. And in other cases, it's somebody who hasn't decided who they are and who they wanted to be in this lifetime and will show up as this person or that person trying different hats on. And I believe truly that if our society was more open to understanding this process of mediumship and of the understanding of spirit and the spiritual realms, we could really help a lot of these people to live normal lives, to integrate and to know who they are and to come forth instead of locking them up in an institution. Mm-hmm. What you just described with all the personalities, I've always heard called dissociative disorder. And yeah. what I'm talking about when I say schizophrenia, and I know that they're, they're all psychotic disorders, dissociative mm-hmm. disorder and schizophrenia. But um, when I, what I meant by schizophrenia are the people who speak word salad, do you know what I'm saying, where they're just uh-huh. babbling and it doesn't make any sense. That's one of the types of personality that I'm ta- I am was referring to. And where, what yeah. I think is going on with a lot of them is they're trapped in, a dr- in the dream state. You know, they're not fully in their consciousness. Yeah is not fully in um, the same realm that ours is. It's like they, they're they walking asleep. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's pretty much the same thing um, no matter what you call it because I just really mm-hmm. think that a lot of those um, disorders are coming from spirits that are not fully incarnated. And sometimes yeah. it's because of their own reticence. They don't want to be here. Okay, yeah, I'll come back to Earth, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe they had a little glitch when they were coming in and said, I, I, I don't think I really want to jump in the swimming pool. It looks a little too cold to me. <laughs> you know, So they've got one toe in, and they haven't made the jump yet. And um, And I really believe that we could help these people if we could take a different approach to that, that it's not stemming from some chemical imbalance. It's not stemming from the brain. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Peebles will, will always say, we are not at the mercy of our bodies. Our bodies are at the mercy of our spirit, meaning that our body is shaped according to our spirit and our spirit's willingness to be here and our spirit's willingness to play and to grow. And, um, you know, so I just, I just, oh, it's such a, I feel so, so much passion about that whole issue and yeah. how to, how to get that, how how to get that to the, Medical world, I have no idea. Oh, I think they're gradually coming around. That reminds me, I wanted to tell you that I know that here in Houston, there are actually, at uh, some of the medical centers, they uh, they have Reiki volunteers coming in, working with the, the patients, and this has been going on for about mm-hmm. five years. Yeah, so yeah. You mentioned that he said hands-on healers in the hospitals, they're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I know, and, I, I think it's like, fantastic. Yeah, it's I awesome. truly believe in that. I think that is the best thing we can possibly do. Because there's mm-hmm. absolutely a place. I mean, if I broke a bone, I'm not going to not go to the doctor. They no. have some really great things that they do. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I, if I if I were to go to the doctor and have it set, how beautiful would it be to have somebody there to help expedite the healing process, you know, with, with Yeah, and balance your healing. energy field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they're not going to do that, at least not yeah. at this point in history. So yeah. you said earlier that Dr. Peebles said that the body is at the mercy of the spirit. So... How does that impact the fact that sometimes people go through periods of time where they get really overweight? Well, I was. Yeah, me too. And I so was I'm wondering. Really overweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point and in my life. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. The spirit is affecting that, don't you think? Absolutely. By what? So what does that mean? To me, it's padding and cushioning against the world. Yeah, really. It's, it, and and a lot of us carry the weight of the world. And it's interesting to note that a lot of mystics end up being very heavy because of their work, mm-hmm. because you're carrying the weight of the world. And yeah. uh, I you know I when I was younger, I I had gained a lot of weight. I was probably about I would say 35 pounds overweight. And um, I looked in the mirror one day and I said, Oh. That's weird. I never thought I would be a fat person, but I'm fat. 
and I looked, and I, I mean, that's the way I thought of it. I, I don't mean anything derogatory to, towards anybody by that word, but that's mm-hmm. the way I was looking at myself. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to be fat, then I'm going to have fun with it. <laughs> I thought, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to diet. I guess this is what I am and who I am. And so, I started eating and drinking anything I wanted to, and I was so at peace with that that the weight just melted off of me. It was unbelievable. Whereas before, I had been bulimic, trying to get rid of the weight. I had. Yeah. Counted every calorie. I, you know, I had gone through all the guilt trips of eating a, the extra cookie, and I finally said, "You know what? I'm having breakfast, lunch, and dinner, snacks, and dessert." And all of a sudden, the weight just melted off, and I didn't have any weight problems for years, till several years ago, and um, and when I dislocated my shoulder and I couldn't move, and I gained more weight again, and then I realized, uh, you know, it was time. That was a signal to me to really get busy and and take care of myself so I'm much more active I'm I've always been a healthy eater but I'm um much more physically active now and dropped again you know I had gained the 30 pounds and dropped the 30 pounds again so mm-hmm. um, can you speak some more about why mystics in your opinion why mystics think they have to carry the weight of the world Oh I suppose it's because in some ways we there feel a lot of responsibility for people that we are working for and working with. Um, also, most mystics are also very um, empathic, which means that they feel life around them and they feel the weight of the world. Sometimes, not even realizing that you know we're picking up on this, the sensitivities of others and and the, the sadness that's on the earth. Or um, sometimes, I also think, and this is probably even true, you know, in your case, I would think it would be very true, um, that when you're the focus of attention of somebody's spiritual growth and healing, when you're the teacher, I do think that a lot of times people are sending telepathic messages about their life. They're not only talking to Dr. Peebles, oh, Dr. Peebles, please help me with this. They're also saying, oh, I hope that Summer can help me with this, or I hope Lois can help me with this. And so subliminally, we're also getting those messages from others, and we're taking those on. We don't even realize it, and by the end of the day, just dragging our ourselves to bed and going, oh, why am I so tired? Because <laughs> we're just taking it on constantly. And it's because we care. I know, you know, I know I do. you, you got to care know, to do this work, for sure. Uh-huh. You've got to really... You've got to really care about other people to do this kind of work. Absolutely. There, there are other jobs that would pay more, I think. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, here's another theory I want to put out there, and that is that we're concerned that the human race, or I have been in the past, the human race wouldn't make it if I didn't do everything I possibly could. And that feels heavy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would, uh, I would concur. That's a that's a tough one too because I I know I've had to learn that what is what someone else is going through is not my responsibility. Um, Doctor Peoples will say you can heal the world, but if you haven't healed yourself, then the world's not healed. And so one of the biggest mistakes a lot of us make when we're doing this work or just in general, especially you know people who are caretakers, moms, dads a lot of times putting your children before yourself and mm-hmm. not giving to yourself in the day, not not filling up your cup so it can run run us over to others, as Dr. Peebles would put it, is a big mistake. You know, we've got to take care of ourselves first. It's like, you know, what do they tell you on the airplane? Put that oxygen mask around your face before you put it around your kid's face because yeah. you're the one who's in charge. You've got to fuel your tank before you can fuel somebody else's. And uh, that's very important. We have to put ourselves into the equation. We have to put ourselves into this picture. We do count for something here. And it's not, as Dr. Peebles would say, it's not self-centered. It's about being centered in yourself and realizing that you have to take care of you. And um, so I know that, you know, for me it's been a long, long process of saying, okay, I feel for that person. I know that they're in pain. But I also know that it's not my pain, and I, I all I have the responsibility to do is to love them. And Dr. Peebles and the angels and the, our guides and our family members on the other side, 
They're not boo-hooing over our lives, going, oh, isn't that terrible? Look at what Lois went through today. That's just awful. They're not wasting their time with that kind of thing. They're saying, oh, look look at what Lois is doing. Hmm, hey, she's doing a pretty good job there. Let's see how we can help her grow some more. And, <laughs> and they see it in such a whole different light. I would love to be able to live my life like that. Oh, it's so incredible. Oh, my God, they're so loving. They are so loving. They love everybody. Sometimes Dr. Peebles comes through me and I can, I, you know, if I'm aware that he's there and what he's saying, which is occasionally I'm, for some reason, not, sometimes I'm not aware at all and sometimes I'm aware of what he's saying and I'm listening in going, oh, that's cool. And sometimes he comes through and he goes, you're such a beautiful spirit and we love you so very much. And I'm thinking, no, they're not. I didn't like them. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm profoundly human and I have my days where I'm just like, Oh, man, I don't want to channel for that person. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's true. <laughs> I know. I hear that. So, Summer, we've got about 20 minutes left. Yeah. Do you want to let Dr. Peoples come through and speak? A- absolutely, I sure will. Yeah, let me uh, let me go ahead and put you on speakerphone, okay? Okay. Can you hear me okay, Lois? Yes. Okay, great. And guess what? I'm going to just take one second and have a swig of coffee before I go into trance. Just to clear my throat. Okay. If you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Have a great time. God bless you, Dr. Peoples. Here it is a joy and a blessing when man and spirit join together in search of the greater truths and awareness. God bless you indeed, my dear Lois. You are a beautiful spirit, my dear. We love you so very much. My goodness gracious, you are the great encourager of humanity. And that's what we call you all the time, my dear, because you were the great encourager of your own family in your childhood. And so, my dear, it turned into an event. And that event has been your life. It's your specialty to encourage people, to say, you know something, why don't you just try to get up one more day here and see what happens. And uh, my dear, and you just uh, simply encourage them out of bed, encourage them out of their chair, encourage them, my dear, to see life from a different angle, because that's what you learned in your life, that you could look at the world from a different angle and suddenly everything was better. And that's the way that you learned how to shine light into the world. You realize that the darkness goes away when you illuminate it with love, when you illuminate it with compassion, when you illuminate it, my dear, with your trust. So that turned in for you, my dear, turned into the most remarkable adventure of just simply trusting the next day to see what God had in store for you. You have learned more about surrender in this life, my dear, than most people on the planet Earth. And we applaud you for this. We love you very much. And your audience, my dear, is a remarkable reflection of who you are because they are seekers just like yourself. As you know, my dear, in many dimensions there are many families. And so your audience is part of that family that you realize, my dear, you are sharing with. Your true family, the special family that has existed even before you were born. You are speaking not only to the earth when you speak, but you are speaking as well, my dear, to the heavens. Not just from the heavens, but to the heavens, because your work touches every life here as well. So, my dear, that's quite a mouthful about you. And uh, would you understand? And, uh, my dear, would you have questions or a comments? Uh, God bless you indeed. Wow. That's absolutely pretty right on about although worded in a different way than I've ever heard it worded about kind of the story of my life and um I Yeah, we like I to don't... hear you. You're a, you're a, you make us smile here. Pretty right on. That describes it right there. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Very right on. And I yeah. don't have any questions. I just very much appreciate your calling me the encourager. I I will adopt that as my new name, the encourager. That's fabulous, my dear, and we love the fact that you're willing to allow for that in your life because in the past you would have said, oh, no, no, that couldn't possibly be me. So often, my dear, you would uh, reject the compliments because you weren't used to it. Yes. uh, My dear, get ready because you're going to just get more and more and more because everything that you're doing in your life is giving humanity breathing room here. And, uh, my dear, you're a special girl. We love you very much. And uh, you know something, my dear, we would like to ask you a question. Okay. 
So what is your wish for humanity? My wish for humanity is mass awakening. Mass awakening and being aware of the importance of thoughts and words and deeds on the collective and that we are all uh, one. That is absolutely correct, my dear. Guess what? It will happen one day. It's it's, uh, part of the destiny for everyone. But mass awakening, my dear, would be uh, terrifying because uh, so many on the earth are not, uh, if you will, ready for it. And, uh, my dear, mass awakening for somebody who has been immersed in darkness for so very long, my dear, uh, it would be terrifying and they would not be able to enter into that realm permanently and would once again retreat into the darkness. So what you are doing in your work is slowly, if you will, unwinding uh, individuals, untangling their spirits, just like a chain being untangled so that it can, uh, if you will, uh, hang free. And uh, so the mass awakening in the world, my dear, is a process, and it takes time, and it can't happen overnight, because that would not be good for the universe. It is a process, my dear, wherein you hand uh, your hand to someone else, and they turn around and give another a hand up, and so on and so forth, just like the links on a chain. And then, my dear, you begin to spiral out into the universe, everyone weaving themselves into the fabric of eternity, uniting, my dear, through love. Love is the force, my dear, that is universal, that exists within every human heart, whether it is, my dear, you, or, uh, if you will, Osama bin Laden. It doesn't matter. Love, my dear, no matter where it is, is exactly the same. It is the interpretation that differs. It is the utilization of this that differs. It is the way in which humanity can wield it as a sword against someone or can use it, my dear, to assist, to console, and to keep somebody warm. So that, my dear, is the tip of the iceberg. But uh, would you understand? And we love your uh, desire, my dear, to help humanity. I do understand. I I just... I, I hope that someday I get to see everyone on the planet awake and aware fully. My dear, you will, you will, and you have already. Guess what? You see it all the time. That's your visualization. Oh, yes, you see, it is. You wouldn't be able to think of it if it weren't going to be the real deal anyway. You see, the rest of it is just the illusion of separation from that wholeness. You see the wholeness. You see the truth. You see the light within humanity. You see the potential within every human being, my dear, because you see the truth. You see that what they are truly made of is love, and the rest, again, is an illusion of separation from that love. You already see it, my dear. It's already happened. It's just a matter of seeing it come to fruition. That's what your desire is. So guess what? You'll choose to reincarnate until it happens again and again. God bless you indeed. Thank you. You're very welcome, my dear. And uh, is there anything further, or shall we allow the dear channel to return? I think I'm kind of overwhelmed, sir, and I think maybe the channel can return now. Oh, God bless you indeed, my dear. We love you so very much, and uh, you are a beautiful spirit, my dear. And know that you are the expression of desire, desire for God's love. For God, my dear, is all that you have in your existence. There is nothing else. It is the stuff, my dear, of which humanity is made forevermore. And that means not only you, but I. I am within you, you are within me, and we are as one in God. Go your way in peace, love, and harmony, for life is indeed a joy. And all you have to do is you enjoy the journey to your own heart, and certainly to your own enlightenment, it's simply lighting up just a little bit more. God bless you indeed. Oh, God. Hi. <laughs> I'm back. Hi. Wow. Oh. Could you hear that? Uh, well, uh, um, uh, trying to think. Uh, maybe a little bit. I'm not not 100% sure. Um, but how did it go? <laughs> Well, you know, it was a reading for me. Oh, and, <laughs> I, I um, hope that's okay. <laughs> oh, 
It was. I was kind of hoping that would happen, although I don't oh, usually good. trust people <laughs> yeah, to read on the radio. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> tendency to undress us publicly, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that exactly is what happened. I stood there naked before the world. But, <laughs> but it was a good naked. Oh, was, good. I'm so it glad. Very it was profound. <laughs> oh, good. Beautiful and profound. You know, you can you can you can dress doctor people's up, but you can't take them anywhere. <laughs> he's, he's so funny. <laughs> he will do things, and I just go, oh, "What did he do? Oh no! <laughs> Don't kill the messenger." <laughs> no, it was uh, it was encouraging. And, oh, I'm uh, so glad. Oh, yeah, that's so wonderful. Yeah, and he was uh, recognizing. Um, me for some things that I don't know that anyone recognizes me for. So. Oh wow, well that's pretty cool. See, that's so yep. beautiful, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, and he he has often said that acknowledgement is love, and it so is. often we don't acknowledge people. A lot of times when when uh, if we're in an argument or something with someone, and they're saying you don't listen to me. And the the reaction is, I listen to you all the time. How can you say I don't listen to you? You're not listening to me. Well, in truth, you're not listening. And if you would stop and say, you know something, if you say that I'm not listening to you, that must be true. And I'm sorry. If there's ways I'm not listening to you, I really apologize. And that person will say, well, thanks. You know, most of the time you do listen. It's just that X, Y, and Z. What they're looking for is not to be right. They're just looking for acknowledgement. And they just want to be loved. They're just crying out, saying, love me, love me, love me. It's not the other words. It's not, you don't listen to me. It's it's just, love me, love me, love me. You know, I think, Summer, that there's listening to people and then there's hearing them. Absolutely. Yeah. And that there's a distinction. You can listen to the words, yeah. but there's a difference when you actually hear what they're saying on a right. deep level, when you really get them. The people absolutely. need to be gotten. They need to be fully heard. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you have to take on their beliefs. No. It's just about it's again it's like just acknowledge that that is true for them and that and if you do that, you can look a little deeper as to why that's true for them. You might find that it, that they had some issue in their life in their childhood or whatever of not being heard. Yeah. And and that's why it's coming up in that moment with you. But it, it's yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I totally agree with what you're saying. Because when you really hear someone, you're fully present with them. And that's love, whether people realize it or not. That's truly love, being fully present for another person and really hearing what they're saying. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I think spirit does that. (laughs) They are really good at it. Yeah, they are. Just listen, and they still love you no matter what you say. I've had people come back to Dr. Peebles and just want to just chew him out and, uh, because they he said something that pushed their buttons and then that that forced them they had to look at something they didn't want to see and and they'll want to come back and chew him out and he, he'll listen and he'll say yes we love you very much and um, we completely understand why you feel that way and <laughs> I'm like how does he have that kind of patience that's so beautiful I'm pretty patient too I would say but boy he's he's exceptionally good at it very cool. And, you know, when we were talking earlier about how you, to be a mystic, you really have to care mm-hmm. um, about people. There's also a part of being a channel where to not care is to care. When I teach channeling, that's what I tell people. Sometimes you just have to not care what Dr. People says because it may not make sense to you. If you're in trance and you're hearing some of the things that are going on, you know, I don't know a lot of my clients from Adam. I call them. It's the first time I've ever heard their voice. I know nothing about them. And my assessment of them as Summer, I might say, oh, they don't have any issues in their life. And he might come through and and pick up on something about them that is just horrible about their their life, their childhood, a, a terrible marriage or something that's happening at that time. And he'll address it. And I think, what is he doing? Is how how does he know this about these people? Because I never would have thought that. I never would have come up with something like that myself. But he knows, and and so I have to say, okay, go ahead, say it. I don't care what you say, just say it. Go ahead, talk about aliens. Go ahead, talk about whatever, you know, things I might not want to hear about. 
Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I would phrase that in this way, and that is just another way of saying the same thing, is uh-huh. you really have to be neutral when you're doing this work. Yeah. And not judge what's coming out of the, out of your mouth. Um, right, right. Anybody, even even a mediocre psychic, they'll be better psychic if they don't judge what's being said. If exactly. they don't try to make it logical or make sense or... If they can just, that's, I call that being neutral, which is another way of saying not getting emotionally involved in in what you're bringing forth for the other people. Right. Just deliver the message. That's your job. Just give it to them as it is. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be a neutral channel. You know what I like about Dr. Peebles? And this is the first time I'd heard him. Uh Uh, What I like about Dr. Peebles is he's no nonsense. He just says it like it is, (laughs) unvarnished. No frills, just, yeah. you know, very direct. I really appreciate it. I wish everyone would be, would be very direct and, and, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really does, but, they, you know, he does it, he's very direct, but with incredible compassion. Yeah. He, he, just, he just has incredible compassion. And um, I think part of that comes from the fact that he actually did walk the earth. Yeah. He's not a, a spirit that's never incarnated. He's been here. He's felt the pain. He's gone through the process, so he gets it, and so he can really relate to our our lives as human beings in a way that that sometimes I think angels don't. They don't. They. It's just kind of all la la, wonderful, and just just uh, just get with the program, no problem. You'll be happy. But he he gets it. You know, he really sees why we're in in our pain and and having our issues. Mhm. Well, you know, I think we've got about three minutes left. Is there anything else you want to be sure that is said on this radio show, like how to get in touch with you if a person wants a private reading, maybe? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, well, if you want more information about me and Dr. Peebles, I have a website, and it's summerbacon.com, www.summerbacon.com. And it's summer like the season and bacon like the food. <laughs> that was my birth name. And... Um, and uh, there's information there about Dr. Peebles, about my open sessions in Sedona. If you're in Sedona, Arizona, uh, tomorrow I'm having a session at the Sedona Community Center at 10 a.m. I just have a nominal fee of $5 to get in to, to uh, listen to Dr. Peebles, and we pull some names from a hat, and uh, some people get to ask a question. And I always serve coffee to people, and, and it's just a really beautiful gathering of like-minded and like-hearted people. And I also have a number of free downloads on my website uh, that you can go to, free MP3s of teachings by Dr. Peebles. And one of them is from a series of um, teachings called Seasons of the Soul. And and these are 30-minute teachings that he does each month uh, that are just really some of the best teachings I think he's ever done. And uh, you you receive it the first of the month, and you can order the subscription. But I do have the first one is free. And um, they're just amazing because they set the tone for the month ahead and gives you something to think about uh, as you're going through the next month. And it's really, really incredible. Each each month seems to build on the previous one. So it's been quite an exciting thing for people to experience. So, And I do private sessions. I am booked a few months in advance. So you need to schedule early. And uh, my, my personal assistant, Bev Scott, will be the one that you'll be contacting to uh, schedule something. She's a wonderful person. She's been a healer for about 50-something years, and she's just an amazing, amazing woman. She's she's like my Dr. Peebles on Earth. She's awesome. Mm. Yeah. So well, thank you so much, Lois. I just really enjoyed this, and I just felt so good when you contacted me to be on your show because I thought, I don't know, I just felt a real connection with you, and you and I had never met before. Right. So, Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. yeah. This is the first show I've done in a long, long time. and it just Wow, felt really? really? Yeah, I've been asked to do shows in the last year or so, but I've been kind of laying low. And I, I, when you contacted me, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Every fiber of my being was like, yeah, baby. Wow. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> so thank you so much. Well, Good thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> Very honored. Thank you. To be able to talk to you and to Dr. Peebles today. Good. I'm so glad we had the chance. Yeah, thank you. And I hope we can talk again one day. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll I'll come see you the next time I'm in Sedona. 
Oh, that would be wonderful. It's the second Saturday of every month I do the open sessions, too. Cool. So if you're ever in, in town, just you know, come on by. It's just a really cool event. It really is. It's oh, just, I would love uh, to. I would love, love, love party. that. In fact, I may bring a group. Oh, that would be wonderful. I would love that. If you do come, please come up and give me a hug. I absolutely will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lois. God bless Bye-bye. you. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.